0: Welcome into episode three fourteen of the Sources Say podcast, your go to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I'm your host Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very uh, happy, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I'm existing today with Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. How are you, buddy? I'm not happy. This is uh, this is one of
1: those you won't get a uh, fantastic because I'm not too fantastic today, and I, I don't think anyone is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just pissed off. I'm, I'll be totally honest. Um, you know, eighty nine, eighty five loss, third straight at Rupp Arena, first time in the building's uh, historic, rich, um, tradition filled history. Uh, they failed, made made history again in the worst possible way. It feels like every year there's some new history. And, and look, I, I, I kind of struggled to think about how I was going to to go about this show because I try to be as level-headed and not take every individual loss and try to create some big picture monologue state of the program why everything is doom and gloom and why the UNC Wilmington loss is the worst thing that we've ever seen in the history of the program and now the Texas A&M loss and now this. I don't don't work that way. I, I am somebody that is very much a we got to take this one step at a time and let's not make big picture assumptions about something while we're still in the small picture uh, of them. But look, I'm not going to tell you how to fan today. I am, I am very frustrated that the problems that we've seen with this team continue to, stack up and pile up and there's getting i mean no growth whatsoever we we think we have some type of tangible growth down in Nashville but hey guess what Vanderbilt just stinks out loud and probably the you know up there with among the worst teams on on Kentucky's schedule and a 32 point win in Nashville doesn't mean anything in in the grand scheme of things and it sucks because you want to have something to hang on to. You want to have something that you can say, all right, well, there, that's what we're going to use moving forward as why we should think that this team's even remotely capable of winning six straight in, in March. Or shoot, I'll, I'll take second weekend at this point because we haven't seen one of those in a minute too. It's just, I'm I'm struggling to rationalize things at mu- m- very much anymore. And it's, it's, it's tough. And the small picture stuff is turning into big picture stuff. And now I'm, you know, here we are eight regular season games left where we are worse off today than we were 10 games into the season. And that's a really, really troubling time to be in.
1: Yeah. It's, y- you guys know, uh, you know, and Steven and Daniel know, like last night, you know, I, I rewatched the game and there was about an hour there where I just kept sending you all clips and and things of just simple actions that this team just cannot defend and just stuff that just doesn't make sense how we're into February and they're this bad defensively. It's actually disgusting how bad they are on the defensive end. And and even more so, it's a combination of they can't defend and then the coaches don't make adjustments at all. And Gonzaga just found something that worked and Mark Few stuck with it and I wasn't – I mean, obviously we're not in those huddles, Jack, but I'm willing to bet that when they got back in the locker room, Mark Few and that staff is probably like, I cannot believe that they let us allow – allow us to do that to them that many times, that many ways down the stretch of of the closing of that game. Kentucky just could not get stops. They go up six, and I've said it. I don't trust this team to get stops against good teams and even more so against good coaches. They just carved them up. It was simple actions, roll and replace, just high lows and, and just getting pinned and, and duck ends, and just getting just out-toughed at times. And that is on players. It's also on coaches that it's February and they haven't fixed it. They've added 21 feet to the roster and the defensive issues have not improved. They've actually gotten worse. Like that's that's the concerning part about this thing too. And then you get the mixing and the matching in the first half and you're playing 10 guys and it's not making sense. And then you get the second half, and then there's a lot of talk about Rob Dillingham sitting there as long as he did. Like this, this was part of my fear too. Is there's so many mouths to feed? Where does Cal go on top of the defensive issues, Jack? They're wasting an historic offense, just completely wasting it. And that's probably the the most frustrating thing about this is they're scoring the ball at a clip that they should be winning basketball games, not losing by a, a couple of points or so.
0: I guess the the. Most troubling part of all of this is, you know, I I think there will always be people that are just they hate Cal and want him fired and have wanted him fired going into this year. And they were waiting for one little thing to, you know, to, to go all in on the movement. The UNC Wilmington thing was the perfect, you know, they didn't have anything really to hang on to, to go all in with their takes. And they were waiting for the UNC Wilmington game to just let out all of their pent up aggression of why Cal should be gone and how this isn't Kentucky basketball, blah, 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 like whatever that, that is, that is what it is. My issue now, as we are in the middle of this skid where we're getting worse by the game and and, and all that is that this program is getting roasted nationally, not because of, stupidity not because of missing shots now but because of straight up getting I mean just out coach like you get 12 minutes where they execute the exact same middle ball screen over and over and over and over and over again down the stretch and you put together four stops in those final 12 minutes of the game shot they finish the game 20 of 24 in the painted area four stops in the final 20 minutes like there's something to be said about a track meet, and yes, we outscore teams, blah, 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 blah. But physically unable to slow down a simple... I mean, it, it wasn't even like they are running anything exotic to, to make the this defense, which is young and thin, and all the, you know, don't have Trey Mitchell, all that stuff. But for them to just execute normal, everyday YMCA basketball execution and just baby this front court, which it feels like we're at the point now where we can confidently say that all of them have their own flaws and you don't know which one is the worst. Like you don't know, you kind of have to pick the best of the bunch of the worst. And I don't know if there is that answer and we'll talk about small ball. And I think that might be the long-term answer. Just go back to what was working early, but it was just really disheartening to go through and see the film cuts and see the people going, can you believe this is Kentucky basketball today? Because no, there is no defending 12 minutes of... I mean, I have the same quote from the last couple weeks. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That was for several games ago. I still have that in my notes just because I haven't deleted it yet. And here we are almost... I, the The perfect definition of that is what happened in the last twelve minutes. The execution is just embarrassing at this point. I, I cannot believe they are as terrible defensively as they are at this stage with eight regular season games to go.
1: So, so my thing is, is we're we're going to get crushed in the comments today because if you criticize John Calipari to some people, they just can't handle it, and they want us to go all in on players. Like at at what point, everybody is to blame in this. The players don't execute. But it's February. If you get paid 9 to $10 million to coach basketball, you find what works and see improvement on the defense and the floor. We're not seeing it. What is it now? 124 and adjust the defensive efficiency? I know that's what it was at the end of the night. Yes, is that sadly. getting better or is that getting worse? Seems like it's getting worse to me. And in, in my complaint and in, in my argument here is you're getting picked apart, possession after possession after possession. You don't do anything different. You have three timeouts – Entering the final minute of a game where you're just getting absolutely abused on the defensive end of the floor and you cut it to two off a free throw. I was just saying there, I would, I, I think I text you. I said, This is where I would take a timeout and talk about this possession because this is the one didn't take it. They go up four. Kentucky comes back, cuts it to two, and then they take a timeout. And then the same thing kind of happens there at the end of the game and you get the end of the game situation. But No one is above criticism with this. When it's this bad and it looks this bad, everyone has a hand in how bad it is. The players early in the game, execution on simple actions. I mean, Gonzaga was running like continuity ball screen or flow action, and they got a wide-open three-pointer out of it. Like, just a simple, just not communicating, trying to switch. Rob Dillingham likes to point switch everything. There were a couple possessions there where there were some issues like – it's just simple things that break this team down, and that's the frustrating part about it. But when you lose three straight at home and you've got an offense that's scoring 85 to 90 points a game and you're still losing, I don't think anyone is is above criticism. I think it's all the way around, and John Calipari said it yesterday. Don't come after these kids. Come after me. I do not think that's going to be a problem for anyone. Am I sitting here saying that John Calipari needs to be fired? Have I said that, Jack? No, no. And but criticism is there.
0: Look, I'm gonna be honest. There's even some people in this chat, JJ and Paw Paw 2020. You two would pile on a lunch lady if you if she gave you a broken chocolate chip cookie. Understand that we have been as patient and understanding and painting lipstick on a pig. The entire season, every little tiny loss, we we justified every little detail up to this point. Grow up. Like, I'm so sick and tired of the the told-you-so people, the, oh, I thought they said blah, 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 blah on Twitter. You guys know who you are. Grow up. Like, it it all turns into this eating each other thing once we get to the point of chaos at the end of these seasons and stuff. Like, man, grow up. I'm so tired of having to defend my, like, make me, it, like, we're getting gaslit by our own fan base and by the coaching staff. It, like, no, I'm, I'm so done with feeling like I have to walk on eggshells knowing that I am as reasonable as anybody out there. Understand, if you're looking for a media outlet that is as level-headed and, hey, let's not be over, let's not overreact to every little detail through, over the course of the season, we have been that. So when we finally take the time to say, hey, the first time in the history of this building that we've lost three straight, things aren't trending in the right direction, and people go you know open their notebook of uh, of defending and you know it's grow up, man. i'm I'm it is very it's acceptable to say that seven losses at this point in the season, understanding that there are eight regular season games to go six of them being quad one, quad two opportunities, four of them being in true road games, understanding for the first time we could say, guys, if we don't get this taken care of, this could get sou- go south very, very quickly. Like we, this, is it likely that they're going to miss the tournament? No, God, no. Th- there's way too much talent. And if they don't make the tournament, it's a joke. It's it's would be absolutely pathetic for that to happen. But they have lost the benefit of the doubt given their play up to this point, so now with seven losses and a tough stretch in the last eight, if you look at even last year's last four in, Rutgers was 40 in the net and missed the tournament. We're at 26 today. Like, If things keep going this direction, and I don't think that they are going to, but if they do, it's not out of the realm of possibility to talk about a real, real disaster scenario with this program, so Keep with the uh, oh, here you these guys go again being negative because we haven't been negative all year long. This is the first well, time that we're going. Ah, eh, this is a breaking point. So now nah, grow up.
1: No, we've been hit with the other two positive, and then when we're when we criticize, oh, they're too negative. So like, I, I mean, I care less. I'm just going to tell you how it is, and that's just to the point. And do I have I said up until maybe three weeks ago that John Calipari was doing a really good job with his team? Yes, but the last few weeks. They have been exposed in a lot of areas that maybe we missed when they weren't healthy and they had bigs out. Like when they lost to Kansas, we sat here and we got, we took a moral victory. All of us did. We said, man, when they get these seven-footers back, how good can Kentucky be? Well, guess what? If we were saying it, I think the staff was thinking it too. So maybe they let some things slide just assuming that adding size to the roster was going to make them better defensively. It hasn't. I don't think it's made them better overall at, at all, and we will get into that. But as you go through it, the the, law, the, the the overtime game against St. Joe's, we probably should have talked a little bit more about that one too. The UNC Wilmington loss, probably should have talked a little bit more about that one. Like uh, what I'm getting at here is there were there were red flags that things weren't getting better. And now we're to a point where it's just the ship is sinking and it's sinking and it keeps sinking. But they're scoring enough and they're good enough offensively that I still have hope that this team can be good and can put it together. But it's going to have to start on the defensive end. But also it's rebounding. It's toughness. Like Gonzaga attacked Kentucky in the second half at two of their most vulnerable areas. Physicality and toughness on the interior and discipline and youth. S- running some simple actions and just getting them confused and th- a team that doesn't talk well defensively and they get bullied, that's a bad combination. When you go up six there and then you can't get more than a couple stops the rest of the game, I mean, Gonzaga scored every single trip it felt like down the stretch of that game. You have to get a couple of stops, Jack, and then when you look at the box score and things, I mean, it's, it's the same stuff, like, when you're talking total field goal attempts and everything for the game, Gonzaga shoots 68, Kentucky shoots 61. Kentucky hits more threes than Gonzaga. They hit two more free throws than Gonzaga, but they Gonzaga gets seven more shots. Even though the second chance points number was like even, it's just they those offensive rebounds that Gonzaga got took away possessions from a team that one can't get stops but also scores the ball very, very well. Had you given Kentucky those six or seven extra possessions, I'm confident Kentucky goes and scores points and wins the game. Like, it's it's marginal stuff. It still is. They're, they're losing games by three or four points. It's not like they're getting blown off the floor by 20 to 25. It's, it keeps going back to the same thing, Jack. You don't have to be elite defensively. You just have to be capable. And right now, this team is not capable of getting stops.
0: Effort and toughness. We've got to just rep the name on the jersey, Kentucky. The people who played here before us, they left it all on the floor. We've got to start doing that. Just because we're young, we can't think it's going to be easy for us. Guys came in already with a target on their back. Just because of the jersey we're wearing now, we've got an an even bigger target on on our back. We've got to go out every night and prove ourselves. It's not going to be an easy night. Everybody's going to bring their A game. So we need to toughen up. Aduthera. I thought that was very telling, Sean. Him saying that we need to rep the name of the jersey, Kentucky, that they don't feel as a collective team right now that they are living up to the standard of Kentucky basketball. What the guys leading up to this season have done for this program, the all time greats, that they don't feel that they are doing those guys justice. But when we have the audacity to say, hey, this something's not off, some, something's off here. There's way too much talent here for seven losses at this point, and how they're losing. I mean, the the clip of the end game, uh, exec, end of game execution in, in um, five different possessions where they had a chance to tie or win in five of those losses was as eye opening as it gets because it just i i it makes no sense to me it, it blew it absolutely blew my mind and there was a comment earlier that was like uh let me find it it was eddie congress said jack's the biggest homer to the point that he's hard to listen to as a realistic and educated basketball fan so understand where we started at this show and when the negativity started going you guys well why don't you guys take cow's job Well, here you guys are bringing up the you know him making nine million dollars again and then like Three minutes later, we're saying that we're the biggest homers in the world. So, like, understand this, like, eating each other mindset of this fan base right now. How how ridiculous we sound to the rest of the college basketball world. Like, understand how stupid that is. But I thought Aduthiro's take was very, very telling, Sean. That even he realizes that this is not up to the standard of Kentucky basketball.
1: Well, and, and the most painful thing about yesterday, honestly, is... And I, I've said it, and the people that are in here every episode and listen to every episode... I said, this game will bring you full circle. Sometimes it'll bring you full circle and the other teams in the situation you were in and Kentucky's down three with the ball and Gonzaga fouls and put you at the free throw line. And that was probably one of the most painful things about it is you're like, man, we were in this exact same situation two weeks ago and we didn't do this. But I mean, everybody's different. Like every coach has a, a difference in philosophy and what they want to do in late game situations. But the final play, it's been talked about a ton. And did I like it? Absolutely not. But Kentucky lost the game in other areas. I mean, over the course of the game. It lost it in the final eight. It lost it in the opening eight. It lost it, didn't lose it in the middle eight. That's where the, the run kind of came with with Kentucky doing some things there. But overall, you you just can't get off to bad starts, too, like that. And a lot of that stuff, Jack, that I sent you all in the group last night was in the opening four or five minutes of the game. And it's like just simple first two, two or three plays. It was bl- yeah. blew my mind. It's just simple breakdowns. And I'm talking just, I mean, a continuity offense where it's a, it's a back cut chasing into a ball screen and then a reversal and another back cut. Like that back cut got a wide open three pointer out of it. No screens, no nothing. It's just, you talk about spacing on the offensive end. This team also has poor spacing on the defensive end when it comes to fighting through actions and they're just positioning. And, I know it's frustrating. I know it's frustrating for the staff. I know it's frustrating for the players. But whatever it is, it's just it's not getting better. And then I understood initially in the second half the run they're on not to mess with it and not to mix and match too much when it comes to Rob not going in the game. But I think overall for the entire second half, one of your guys that's been cooking on offense and and having some really explosive games – in the stretch, wasn't on the floor. I mean, I, I think that that's at least worth questioning. But the the start of the second half, I was cool with it. He sat for a while, but it, but at some point you you got to get him on the floor. And then when it comes down to it late, their late game execution in moments of needing baskets is not good. And the play that they drew up, I didn't like it because if it's not there and it wasn't there, where are you going next? And I know Cal talks about the pop for Antonio Reeves. That wasn't there either. And if it, there was no action to really get him anything, he was going to catch it and then have to just create and hoist up a pretty much a last second heave from three. I wanted to get to the basket and get downhill because that's what Kentucky does so well. And to do Thiero's shoulders and getting in the paint anytime he wanted to is to me where they should have gone. And initially, when they came down the floor, that's where I thought they were going to go. I thought it was going to be a drive and a pitch or give him something at the elbow and let him rip and drive, but that's not where they went. Reed Shepard still doesn't need to throw that pass in that situation, but it just that was a simple action to defend Jack. I think that they saw that coming a, while away, a mile away, and they communicate where Kentucky doesn't. Now that play probably beats Kentucky if you flip it, but that's a team that talks and is connected on the defensive end in that in that moment, and they they stopped it, and Kentucky lost the game there.
0: And my issue was not only that we've seen that exact play that. Other coaches, I don't know if you saw Rob Doster say that there's a, an opposing coach that texted him and was like, "Yeah, we saw that on film." Like that—that's their go-to in that exact moment. That, that was the most predictable thing in the world for them to do in that in that time. But if you look at the frame by frame, Sean, it is as ugly as a because as Cal said, you know, the, his ideal scenario of how it would have unfolded was the first look was the lob, obviously, and if that wasn't there. Uh, Antonio pops out of the top of the key for for the three, and and it worked before where it was a B going for the lob, and it ended up with a Reed kick out uh, on the left wing, and he drills a three. Like it has worked in the past, but in that moment, Reed is lifting for the lob before Antonio even thinks of kicking out for, for the top of the key, and. He's making, Reed makes the decision on the pass before a even in remote territory of of going up. It's like, there was no adjustment, you know, feel or processing in that moment. It was, he made the one, one thought, and that was what he was going to do no matter what was unfolding. And if you're going to do that, how do you short arm the one guy that can Jump through the roof of Rupp Arena to catch that ball. It was like if you're going to have the balls to m- make that your go-to game-tying, send it to overtime play. The one thing you can't do in that scenario is short-arm Adu Thero, who said in his post-game that I was looking down on the defender as I was going up, going, "Oh man, it's here! If 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 the pass is here, I'm dunking this, and we're going overtime." But it hits him three feet below his head. It, it it was just the executing uh, Ugonanenso, Onyenso not even trying to throw a body ball watching again, watching the uh, Gonzaga player just walk to the basket and tip it down. Like there was no, every little detail of that play was just so poorly executed. If you go frame by frame, it's like, ah, all of our season long issues can be shown in this little six second segment. It's just it, terrible, man. It just, so, just blew my mind. It's it's one of those things too that if it's not there,
1: and, and it wasn't there cleanly enough to me. And then the next action, if it's not there, then you're you're talking what? Under five? And now you just gotta lower your head and go to the basket. That's that's the problem. Like I, I thought, like, okay, if it breaks down, you've got to get to the basket anyhow. So that's where I thought Kentucky should have gone initially, down to you attack the rim there and play off of it. If somebody gets free for for a wide-open three and somebody overhelps, you kick it and you get a shot.
0: Random basketball.
1: But I would have loved to have seen them get downhill, pitch it to do, or give it to him somewhere on the elbow and just let him rip and go. Because he is getting shoulders and body in the paint every single time. And then play off that. You get your most physical guy getting downhill to the rim. Would have had Rob Dillingham on the floor, yes, as a shot maker, but he hadn't been in the game a lot, so what kind of rhythm did he have in that moment, if if DJ's 100 percent, DJ's probably on the floor if it wasn't his first game back. So like there, there were some things there, but you just have a combination now that we thought adding interior was going to take this team to another level. And I'm not trying to hammer on the on the, all three of them, but it's a collective problem. You put one of them on the floor and you may get better at something else, but you give up so much somewhere else. And there's always a deficiency there when it comes to what they can do. And it's it's just different. So, I, I don't know. Like, no one has just kind of grabbed a hold of it. You're, you're just playing three and just kind of just – it feels like we're just putting them out there just because they're big. And, like, I still don't think that they're – it's made this team better. I'd actually argue it's made them worse. But now, no, Trey Mitchell, you had to have it. But I just don't think that Cal can stomach – Sitting seven footers on the bench when you got three seven footers, I just think he sees it and he's like, "Man, I can't have you three sitting over here blocking the people behind you's view of the game. Like, I, I just can't do it." Like, but to me, the the thing will be at this point if you're not going to get better defensively, just go just go be the best, most efficient offense that you can. But then give me the toughest guys a do trade back healthy, like whatever it takes. Like rebounding is still my main focus with this team because I still think the defensive issues are going to be there when they get to March, but the rebounding has to improve, and you cannot be giving up second-chance points, second-chance opportunities. Size hasn't helped it, Jack. It hasn't.
0: It's like if you could – you know those games where you see where it's like, I got Kevin Durant's shot making. I have – LeBron James durability. I have Joel Embiid's footwork. You know, like they pick the they hand pick the individual traits to build like the the monster of of basketball. We could do that with our seven footers. Like if we could have Ugo's defensive presence and in, in shot blocking timing and instincts. If you had AB's motor and you know finesse game or whatever. And I, I really, I don't know if there's a whole lot you take from ABs, but it, but combine Big Z's feel and offensive touch and shot making and those things. You combine all of those things into one seven foot two unicorn. We never have an issue, but unfortunately, what one does really well, the other is really, really poor. at, And what they are really, really good at, that other guy is, it's their biggest Achilles heel. It's just I think the answer I think the answer is Trey Mitchell coming back and just saying, you know what, this ain't working. Maybe as more practice time and they get – we inch closer to – I mean, again, we have a month left. So we keep kind of kicking the can down the road to March. But at some point, you kind of just got to roll with the guys you have. We're kind of past the point of the camp Cal and let's figure out what this team's identity is and all that stuff. We knew it was working early on with Trey at the five and going small. We We saw that work at some point you do just kind of have to push all of your eggs into that basket and just say, all right, we're going true five out as offensively versatile as any team that we've seen in Kentucky's uh, uh, maybe ever in, in Kentucky's history. That might have to be the answer when Trey gets healthy.
1: Well, and it's one of those things too, that like we were just talking about the issues, you know, Ugo, just Ugo struggles to defend ball screens, like really struggles to defend ball screens, you know, and then there's, there's a physicality, issue, I think, and a toughness issue when it comes to to AB and even even Z at times too. I mean, Bradshaw goes in the game and he's foul trouble has been an issue with him. And a lot of his lack of being able to match physicality of other bigs in the SEC. But he's like throwing his shoulder into a guy. Like first possession that they're defending and just gets a cheap foul initially. And then he gets another one. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you put yourself in the position to get that, and like that to me is fake toughness. It's fake. That's not toughness. Like toughness is settling in there and guarding, not getting a cheap foul as soon as you're on the floor and putting yourself kind of there in a bad situation because he got one more whistle and now he's got two. And that—that's the stuff that I'm talking about with with the bigs, like. And that's more. That's been a domino thing too. And I think that's probably messed Cal up a lot. Is I think Cal had his – I think Cal's initial thought was Bradshaw's going to be the guy that's going to take over the spot. And then we'll see what happens. Obviously, if Trey's there, maybe Trey. Because we talked about this for a long time, that we didn't know how deep they would go with the five. And now you're running three seven-footers in there. And you've been doing it even when Trey was playing. So, like, it's a lot of mixing and matching. But I'll get back to another point, too. If Rob Dillingham is going to the table with 18 minutes to go in the first half, just starting. Just starting. He was actually sitting at the table with 1823 to play in the first half. He was already there. It was the same thing early in the year. Reed and Rob going to the table with 18 minutes. What's the two minutes matter? If they're if it's if you're that upset with someone, you can't tell me you haven't been that upset with someone the two days prior to playing the game in practices. Just if you're putting them at the table there, start them. And that that stuff, like, ugh, like it's easy to pile on today. There's a reason we didn't record yesterday because we honestly needed a night. By the time you got home and I, got I told home. you I
0: was, I told you I couldn't do it. I was, and I was,
1: I'm in, I was in the same boat, and I actually was thinking, man, I might need six more hours today before we hit live. But this is frustrating. Kentucky fans deserve better. This is a team that is scoring the ball at a very, very impressive clip, and it is being wasted because they, they're not disciplined defensively. They lack toughness. Those are two things that you just have to go and make. You can't coach that in a sense. So this is where I'm coming with Cal when it comes to the toughness aspect of it. You either want to be tough or you don't want to be tough. Discipline, you can talk about it, you can talk about it, you can talk about it. Ultimately, it's up to you to stay disciplined. To me, where it comes into play is you got to help these guys out as much as possible. I'm not saying go zone and sit in zone. We have talked about this multiple times. I don't want anyone to think that you can sit in zone for 40 minutes because I'm not that coach either. But out of timeouts, out of situations, just show it a couple of times. Just make Mark Few actually have to think about what he's doing on the other sideline and the job he's doing. Gonzaga made a couple of simple adjustments and left here with a quad one victory, their first of the year. Meanwhile, Kentucky's two and five in quad one. And let's face it, Jack. It's a bubble resume with a quad three home loss. Yes, they've won at Florida, who looked really good yesterday. They beat Carolina on a neutral floor. They got to go to Tennessee. They got to go to Auburn. They got to go to Mississippi State. They host an Alabama team here at Rupp Arena. We know Rupp Arena is no longer just a sure win. There's work to be done. I'm not saying this team's going to miss the tournament, but I actually think that we're one more loss away here. You lose to Ole Miss, can't can't lose to Ole Miss. But you got to get some of these down the stretch, because to me, if you're playing on Thursday in the SEC tournament, you may be right there on the line of a bubble top. Especially if you've added a quad three home loss to your resume early in the season too. Like that's that's the, I'm more I'm actually concerned about it is what I'm trying to say, just the direction they're trending because they're losing If these games were away from Rupp, they're at Rupp. That's what's concerning to me, which gives me no confidence that they can go beat these good teams in their gyms either.
0: And it just feels like a moving target, right? Like it feels like when you go down to college station, lose that one, the narrative is, well, it's just tough to win true sec road games. Well, now you've lost three straight here when you should have uh, the 10 point edge, as Cal said so eloquently, like, These are the games you are supposed to have. Like, there's a reason why, if you go to some of the, I mean, the history of this program, why it has been so rare to lose here is because this is supposed to be a ten-point advantage place, and you're still finding ways to lose those games. It and look, this year started with the puffing chest out, saying, "This is my roster. I handpicked these guys. This was the, you know." while everybody else in college basketball is getting old and what, you know, 27 year olds that should have two kids and collecting social security. And like you, there was so much of that stuff going into the year because he was clearly confident in what this team was offensively. And that's fair, but also understand that if you're going to puff your chest out in that way, understand that when the ground crumbles a little bit and we go, whoa, 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 I thought this was, what you wanted and and you now you're saying, well, it's just a tough league. Well, now it's just this. This is, you can't just keep kicking the can down the road and moving the goal goal st- goalposts ever so slightly. At some point, something's got to give. That's why this show is happening right now, because it does feel like we've kind of massaged things and been delicate and all that. But like at some point, these are the guys you recruited. These are the guys you built this roster around. I remember Sean, you were you were there with me when I interviewed John Welch, and in, in, you know we were at Peach Jam on that phone call, and he said, "Yeah, this is one of the best offenses I've seen in a minute." I'm almost wondering if it's a if if it's an indicator of the defense. I, I don't know if we're just that good offensively or that bad defensively, and it was kind of a ha, ha, like chuckle thing in the moment. Little did we know, it was kind of both. It was kind of how elite this team is offensively and just how terrible they are defensively. And you'd think that having somebody like that to go against every single day in practice, having that you know competitive edge, you're not going to face a better offense in college. You'd think that you'd kind of just improve iron sharpening iron, but they haven't. And that's why if they haven't gotten better from July to today, what makes you have the confidence that they're going to have stuff fixed by Tuesday against Ole Miss. Like, that's kind of where my red flag sirens are going off in my head right now.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm with you. And, and there's a comment a moment ago, and, like, I, I'm letting comments get to me too much today, and I, I need to let that stuff go. But, like, there's just some stuff that gets said that I'm just like, what are you talking about? And it was – where was it a second ago? Oh, when, when John Calipari leaves Kentucky, five stars won't come here anymore.
0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: Why are we, like, Cal's not getting fired. We're not even having that discussion. John is not getting fired. But this program won seven national championships with multiple head coaches before John Calipari ever walked through the door. This program will be fine. This is Kentucky basketball. Like, if you get the right situation, any good coach can win here. And do it like it's it's been proven, you know, over time. I mean, Rick Patino, Tubby Smith, Cal. I mean, it's Joby Hall, Adolph Rupp. Like it's that's what makes Kentucky basketball, Kentucky basketball. Nobody is a is bigger than the program, Jack. But this is my fear of this. Sam Bowie said it. And it's wild to think that he said it at halftime where I start to think the wheels came off with this thing. And he was joking. He was absolutely joking when he said it. He just he had one thing to say with the mic. He said, Cal, if you don't win it with this team, it's your fault. And since halftime of Georgia, the vibes have been different. And that's just a coincidence. That is not anything else. But my thing was we, we've got three or four years kind of piling on to the feeling that's going on right now. This isn't just three losses at home. This is three to four years of underperforming and significantly underperforming on the defensive end of the floor. Yes, John Calipari deserves a ton, a ton of credit for changing offensive philosophy. He does. He's completely shifted what he does. They're scoring a ton of points. They're more fun to watch on that end of the floor. But with it, has completely face-planted on the defensive end. That is not like John Calipari coach teams. And I guess, Jack, in a in a way that gives me some hope because I do feel like over the course of time, John Calipari has put really good defensive teams out on the floor that I think that they will. I, I'm still going to say it. They're going to get better in that on that end. It's just will it be enough to kind of mask some of the issues that they have? Because every team to me is flawed in some way. Even teams that win national championships have a weakness somewhere. It's just can they overcome it? This team is going to have to overcome it, one, by scoring efficiently, that means having your best offensive lineup on the floor majority of the night. But with it, you have to come and be an elite rebounding team. Right now, this team is getting down by multiple baskets, double-digit points, again yesterday in the first half. That is asking a team that can't get stops to have to get stops to win the game, and they just could not get it. They ended up overcoming it, taking a lead but it's a 20 minute half and Kentucky just could not play the final minutes and get the stops that it needed down the stretch. That's that's asking a lot of a team that's really struggling to get stops in general, to have to fight its way out of a deficit. This to me, this is a team that if they play with the lead, they're fine because it's it, then it becomes, I'm trying to outscore Kentucky. Gonzaga just out executed out toughed and uh, Kentucky comes away with uh with another quad one loss and Gonzaga gets one Jack. And that's, that's probably the biggest eye-opener about it. 0-5 entering quad ones in that game, and then they get one.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's my why, why I'm so hesitant to make big-picture takeaways and calling for a dude's job midway through the year, unless you're like a Kenny Payne scenario at Louisville where it's very, very clear that those two paths are not aligning, and it's very clear that a long-term change is necessary, like until you actually truly hit rock bottom in that sense of a, like, I'm not that big on, on, on historical, like, well, if this team lost a home, you know, a quad three game at, at, at home, they've never won a national championship. Like I, I don't ever think in that sense of, well, because they lost to UNC Wilmington, it means that they weren't going to win a national championship. I also understand that they is a chance and that's why i said this a couple couple show, shows ago saying that there was a fork in the road and this could go one of two two paths that there is a chance that the you know if it's a physicality thing and a fight thing that if they do learn to to get three or four more stops lock in for a true 30 seconds as dumb as it sounds because we keep repeating the same thing show by show It is as simple as if they just kind of, you know, I don't think the discipline's ever going to get super fixed. I don't think the fundamental issues are going to fix, but even if they could just string together a couple of what Justin Edwards did at the end of the game, just was there anything fundamentally sound about that? No, he just kind of dug in, fought, and got to stop. If they can put that together for extended periods, is there a chance that they string together some momentum and become the team we all hope and dream? Yes, and that's why it's dumb to even consider – coach Cal needs to go right now. He needs to get fired. You know, all that stuff is stupid until we see put up or shut up time in March. That's that is, it's a dangerous position to be in because you can't just play for March. These games matter, but that's going to be the deciding factor of what the future of Kentucky basketball looks like. Any of those conversations up to this point, it's a waste of time. Mitch, isn't going to fire Cal right now. Cal ain't going anywhere. It's, it, we're wasting our oxygen up until that point, but it's a dangerous position to be in because then it does become all about the March results. Yeah, it does. And
1: it, this was an important season for not just John Calipari, but for the program as it is right now. And we knew that going into Toronto, like we knew that we knew that in June, we knew it in July, we've known it the entire time. I just don't think any of us thought it would be at this point where they've lost three straight at, at Rup. And then, but you mix in a terrible Lost to South Carolina, where they just had no shot at winning down the stretch, and then you get you beat a bad Arkansas team on the road, didn't look good offensively. You go to Vandy and you take care of business against a bad Vandy team like that. You're taking care of business there. It's just quality opponents that I think have really good head coaches are, are getting you right now. And like, I'm, like I said, it's not like Kentucky's losing to Gonzaga by 20. Like if they lost that game by 20 yesterday, I'd have even more concerns about where they're going. It's even with all the flaws that they have defensively and rebounding, they're still in position to win these games. That's what's frustrating. And that's why I keep saying they don't ever have to be elite when it comes to the defensive end of the floor. You just can't. Combine it with not being able to clean up misses when you get misses. Because Gonzaga misses a shot, they get an offensive rebound, they're right there at the rim, and that's two points. Like you, and a lot of it, Jack, is you can go back and look, Kentucky is not putting a body on a body. They're trying to out jump people, trying to out athlete out athlete people. You cannot do that at this level. These guys, as five stars and ridiculous athletes, can get away with it in high school. You cannot get away with it in division one college basketball. Especially against programs like Gonzaga, their front court and things, they're they're physical, they're disciplined, they're well-coached. They understand positioning. Mark Few, when it comes to positioning and playing this game on offense and defense, one of the best in the game at teaching technique and things. And you see it. Their guys were rebounding and boxing on both ends of the floor. Kentucky's not boxing or rebounding on either end. Got some second-chance points, yes, but they threw away some opportunities to to go get points by giving offensive rebounds to Gonzaga. And I just think that those extra five or six boards, it takes away possessions and shot attempts for Kentucky. Like, they didn't turn the ball over yesterday.
0: Did you see uh, Mark Few's quote about Trey Mitchell um, he said we spent a lot of time worrying about Trey Mitchell he's a tough matchup with his pick and pop and what he can do if he gets a small by a small guy on a mismatch so we caught a huge break there with him not playing it almost the way he was wording that it almost i don't want to say it was a jab but it almost was like a humble brag of yeah we were expecting a tough matchup with with Trey Mitchell he's he's he, you know i don't even know how to how to word this but it, he he was going above and beyond to prepare for Trey Mitchell dedicate a lot of his game planning toward him and then it ended up not even being a factor and still kind of did the, the went to what worked and, and and he was kind of polite but also kind of like pity pattying you on the head um saying you know that well that's just what we do that's what we're known for uh you, you know our our teams are are known for going big down low and um you know was defending K- Kentucky's defense. I, I know some uh, people have discussed it a lot about their defense, but they climbed up against us in the second half and it was hard. Uh, we had to work really, really hard to get buckets in the second half. We executed well and made the right plays, but we had to work. It just felt like a, a, a pity party, man. And it just, I, it's tough to be in this position as a Kentucky fan and just having an opposing coach pity you. Like this, that's not how this should be. We shouldn't feel that the other guys are like coddling us. Oh, it's okay, guys. You know, everything's going to be fine down the stretch. That, that, that's not how Kentucky basketball should be.
1: No, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I mean, obviously getting Trey back is, is very important and getting Trey back healthy is even more important. So when it comes to, you know, you don't want to rush him back or things like that, but I mean, there's, there's some important games coming up here and each game has significance. And the quad three loss that Kentucky got to UNC Wilmington, I don't think the committee is going to care that DJ Wagner wasn't playing that day because Kentucky's had a guy out almost every game. So it, it becomes hard to really evaluate if you're if you're going to use that evaluation tool. But overall, Jack, like there's there's a lot more stuff that I focus on and it's how you're playing down the stretch. And I keep talking about it's not the overall body of work when it comes to Ken Palm and and I'm looking at defense and offense. I want to see how they're playing in the final 10. We're getting into that territory now of where Kentucky goes in this final month push. I mean, we're a month away from the SEC tournament. And this is where good teams start to transition into becoming great teams. And then the teams that are there that are, you think are contenders become pretenders. And this is where they start moving more towards the bubble Kentucky's here, and and I'm I'm still, like I said, I wasn't ready to have the conversation last Sunday about them missing the tournament. I don't think that's going to happen. I truly don't. Like, I think this team's going to get enough and do enough to get in. But beating someone on the road here is very important to me when it comes to Auburn, Tennessee, Mississippi State, just somebody. I want to see them in a road environment get one. I know the tournament's not played on the road, but I want to see some toughness in and, and going into one of those environments and winning a game. you got a good Alabama team coming into Rupp Arena that scores the ball. You've got Chris Beard, a really good coach, bringing his team to Rupp Arena this week. Like there's there's games here that you look. Losing these don't crush you resume-wise, but when you've lost three straight at home and you've already got a quad three home loss on your resume and you've only got two quad one wins, you need to do something here I mean, look, it's moving towards definitely playing on Thursday in the SEC tournament. I mean, these are tough games, Jack. When you look at the upcoming games, tell me which ones that you actually have confidence in Kentucky winning. Like, you know, true confidence. And I'm like, I don't have any worries that they're going to lose. Like, I said about Gonzaga, they're not losing three in a row at Rupp Arena. That was my reasoning. And I got proved wrong. So... I'm not going to make the same comment about Ole Miss on Tuesday night. Oh, they won't. They're not going to lose four games at Rupp Arena. Like I can't use that anymore. So I'm concerned about every single one of them right
0: now, especially the way they defend. That that's my take. Like that's that right there. Do I have confidence that this is going to get turned around and we could see a run put together? Absolutely. There is way too much talent on this. There is a historic amount of all-around talent and offensive production to absolutely make a run, and I don't have a doubt in my mind. Do I have confidence that the wheels can fall off and this thing could really become a disaster pretty darn quick? If you do get that fourth loss against in Rep, inside Rupp Arena against Ole Miss, if they do start losing those quad two quad one games on the road, and I mean this resume is already teetering on the cusp of being pretty ugly, and it could get really ugly really fast. Like it, it's one of the I don't remember a time we have seen two polar opposites of what the trajectory of this program could be in any given season with so little time left, you know, this thing could go swing either direction to the greatest extent. Like, would it really, in your heart of hearts, shock you if this team won at all? I mean, offensively, they have the talent to beat anybody in college basketball, but they could lose to it uh, the worst team in, in the field in, in the opening round. Like, it that is the range of what this team is, and that's why we're now officially in put up or shut up time, you prove it to me mode. I, I don't have the mental and uh, emotional capacity anymore to do the mental gymnastics with this and say, well, if this happens, this, this, you just got to show me. I, I I don't have any explanation or justification anymore. Just go show me. Go beat Ole Miss and then we'll talk. Go go beat Auburn on the road next week and then we'll talk. That's kind of where I stand and it's it's a tough spot to be in, but that's a position that they have earned. It is, and
1: and you know that's that's the thing. You gotta go get a win now. You have to get a win Tuesday night. Now, on a positive note, and this is a completely different team. We have gone through some patches here of losing streaks and things like the last four or five years in this program. It it there have been some rough moments for sure, but those teams didn't lose three in a row at, at Rupp Arena. Like that's that's probably the the historical thing that's that's not working on Kentucky side, but go back to my first year on the beat, the Shea Alexander team. I remember a stretch of play there in, uh, it was in February around this point of the season where they lost four straight games, not just in a row at home or in a row on the road, four straight in general. And that was a loss at Missouri by nine, a loss uh, at Rupp Arena to Tennessee by two, a loss at Texas A&M by 11, and then a loss at Auburn by 10. And then that team, made a run to the Sweet 16, was, wasn't was able to win a close game against Kansas State, but it got something right there at the end and started playing good basketball, won the SEC tournament. Now, I know the league is different now, and I know that there's more tournament teams and stuff in the league, but all hope isn't lost, but it's, but it's fair to be concerned and question and maybe not have the confidence that they get it right. Do I think they can? I think they can. But there is no definite yes in my body right now that that's telling me to believe it. They got to show me that they can defend. They got to show me that they can grab rebounds when it matters most. They got to show me they can get stops and do something. I know Cal is frustrated. I see it. There was a lot of disconnect. I thought with st- with the staff yesterday about who's going in games and things. And there was one point that I believe it was. Bradshaw picked up his fourth foul, and the staff went to go to put Ugo in, and he Cal was like, "No, like Cal wanted to stay with what he had." I think that's the the, the thing that's really hurting too. Jack is like, "There's now a lot of players. You're playing ten to eleven guys. You've had injuries. You're doing. I'm, I'm not trying to give him an excuse, but I do see Cal having a little bit of a difficult time right now, kind of figuring out where he wants to go, and that's probably the most important thing between now and SEC tournament." You got to win some games, but you also got to figure out what your rotation is and what works best. And if that means sitting seven footers, you got to sit seven footers. You can't just put size out there just because it's big. Whatever gives you the toughest and best chance to win and defend and rebound and even score points on the other end of the floor, you got to figure it out. And that's a tough thing to figure out. But the bigs have not been good as of late. Ugo had the game against Florida.
0: Outside of that, like, they're leaving a lot to be desired on both ends. Who, as we um, kind of wrap up here, uh, we got a couple quick things to hit on. Uh, let's go on in uh, a very quick message from our latest partner, Monticello Bank.
1: Well, hello, Cindy. A lot of banks are changing hands these days. Not Monticello. We've been building relationships since 1895. And with each passing year, we've grown. Hello, Cindy. Hi. And expanded our services to meet the needs of the communities we serve. Aren't you forgetting something?
0: Monticello Bank, Equal Housing Lender Member FDIC and the sources A podcast is also brought to you by Andy Ludicky and myperfectfranchise.net. Andy is a franchise consultant as well as franchise owner and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free and he is here to help if you have any questions about business ownership. You can learn more and contact Andy anytime at www.myperfectfranchise.net. Oh, all right, Sean. We um uh, we're getting out of here, but man, I'm I don't know if I feel better after this. Usually I kind of feel better after event session, but I don't feel like uh, there's so many different thoughts in my head. And I feel like it was one of those shows where you have so much you have to, to say, and you just, it's like, turns into like verbal diarrhea. You just don't know where to go. And like this, this was one of the first times that I kind of thought it was like, man, I, I don't, I don't know if I feel better after this didn't feel like therapy. It felt like it was, it was just, adding salt to the wound. So, I don't know. We will see how how things go. It's it's a tough one. We're trying to navigate these uncharted waters just like you guys are, and I understand. I get it. Fan how you got a fan, man. Feel how emotional you have to uh, about this. This is a, a very tough time, and I'm hoping that there is a happy ending to this. I'm hoping that there is a path to everything we hoped about this team, and you know, there's somebody joking on us before Uh, about, you know, you go, you guys are the morons saying that this was a Final Four team. Yeah, and guess what? This this can still be a Final Four team. As stupid and crazy as that sounds, there is a chance that this is still a Final Four team, and I'm hoping for that. I'm rooting for that. They have the talent to do that, but we're in danger zone mode right now, and I have no shame in admitting that, that it's put up or shut up time with the Cats. What do you need to see on Tuesday to uh, make you feel a little Ever so slightly better about the uh, the way things are going, Sean. A win. I need to see a win, and
1: uh, I, I need to see a team that's connected together. I, I need to see you, you. You just can't keep giving extra possessions to teams when you struggle to defend. Like just eliminate those. And I know you're not going to eliminate every single offensive rebound, but cut them in half. Like how many? What was the offensive rebounding numbers yesterday? Do you have them in front of you?
0: And gave box? gave up eighteen. 18 offensive rebounds gave up 18 12 for the cats out rebounded 43 to 31 what was the second chance point number kentucky outscoring by one uh
1: second chance number was 16 15 cats all right so gonzaga got a six rebound advantage on the offensive glass but kentucky got a one point edge that's where it's misleading sure they didn't lead to points there, but that's also possessions that you didn't get the basketball off a of miss to go and get it. And that's why when you look at the end of the game and Kentucky has fewer turnovers, right? Seven turnovers to nine, I believe was the number. You turn it over seven times. They turn over nine. They grab six more offensive rebounds than you, but they take seven more shot attempts than you.
0: And it's 8-10, eight, eight, ten, eight, ten.
1: Yep. If, if you had given me, if you had given Kentucky – 68 shot attempts, or 66 or 65, they probably do enough to overcome a four-point loss in those trips because Kentucky scores the basketball. That's how marginal this thing is. you got to rebound the basketball. You have to rebound the basketball. You have to get stops, but you also have to grab misses when, when they miss shots. And Kentucky not only fails to get stops, they also a lot of times failed to grab a defensive rebound. And that's a combination that will send you home. And my fear is, is if you keep losing games, you're going to get matched up with a team there that first weekend. That's going to, it's going to put a lot of pressure on you. And you're, you're, you're playing a team that may possibly be better than you or right there with you. And that's, that's the danger of getting into this part. Now, a lot of people will say seating doesn't matter. And probably doesn't when it comes down to it, it's more of a matchup based thing, but boy, somebody sees Kentucky, they're probably thinking, man, we're going to have a good offensive night for sure. Like, and that's, that's the part that's getting me like teams are getting confidence to play Kentucky when they see others
0: go into Rupp arena and beat them. That, that was the danger zone of this. It, It used to be, Oh man, we have to score 90 to beat this team. Now it's, Oh man, we get to score 90 and have the chance to beat this team. Like that's the mindset has changed and we got a flip flop back that back. And is it Trey Mitchell back at the five and going all in on five out and and going that route? Maybe we'll see. He has to get healthy first. I understand my, my understanding going into the week was very iffy for Gonzaga and the internal hope was Ole Miss for Trey. But you also don't want a situation like DJ where he comes in and he's hobbled and not at 100 percent. He's limping. You know, four possessions in like that wasn't an ideal position for him to be in either. If we're playing the, we're pushing all of our chips in on March type deal, you also need them at 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 full strength too. So I know it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't because you got to win these games too to make March. So it's like, I mean, we're at a chicken or the egg situation with this team right now, and just win, as you said, I that, I I couldn't agree with you more. We are in just win must-win territory down the stretch. Start stringing together some, some stops and shut people up. Just just give us a reason to shut up. That's all I care about. I will be the happiest human being on earth if they start stringing together wins and look like the team we believe they can be because that's what we're rooting for. I believe in this team. I uh, think they have the personnel to do it. Now it's on them to show that they can do that. Sean, uh, we'll see what happens. Tuesday night, hopefully it's fun, but we'll be back Wednesday no matter what Uh win or lose to break this thing down. I appreciate you coming on. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Who you got tonight? Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs. I I'm I think I'm personally rooting for the 49ers because of my dad, but Mike Edwards was a was a good bud of mine back in in you know when he was here at UK and I wouldn't mind seeing him win a second Super Bowl with a second team. I think that'd be cool. So I'm personally rooting for so here I I'm hoping that the 49ers win. But I'm also hoping Mike Edwards has a big game. Maybe he has like a, a pick six or a strip sack and, you know, scoop and score or something. I think that'd be fun. But uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be a blast. Happy Super Bowl Sunday to each and every one of you. Hopefully you can take a step back, take a deep breath, and, you know, take this team for what it is. And hopefully that's a good thing. We'll see how things go Tuesday night. Hopefully for a, a win, get back on the right track. This team needs it. Where can fans find your work, Sean?
1: You can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry.
0: Find me on Twitter as well, at JackPilgrimKSR. Go subscribe to KSR Plus and help vent. It's a nice little vent session right now over in that community, so go subscribe over there. Subscribe to this YouTube page. Comment, subscribe, like. Keep doing all those things. Appreciate everybody that joined us on this Sunday. This was fun. Um, hopefully ho- hopefully next time is a little bit better. We will see you then.